0: My key mantra for the next few WordCamp ages, and starting from this one, is experiments and feel quickly. And that's actually within the slides of our town hall every month. So yeah, we have that going for us.
1: Yeah. It's complex to radically change things for WordCamp Europe because it's a thing since so many years that we are used to a certain way of working with our sponsors.
2: Hey, Bob WP here and welcome to Woo Biz Chat. a Do the Woo podcast show. This show is brought to you by Hostinger. Whether you are a small or large agency or a freelancer, learn more about what they have to offer at Hostinger.com. And Jetpack, where you can now customize your client sites with over seven individual plugins that do one thing and do it well at Jetpack.com. Tell you more about Hostinger and Jetpack later in the show. But let's join Katie and Marcus for a different slant on sponsoring flagship word camps. As a biz, you may have done this or considering it. And in a lot of different shows we've had, and in other shows, we hear a lot from the sponsors and their thoughts on this. But how about from the sponsor organizing team at these WordCamps? Well, this show is filled with interesting insights as they chat with Jason Ruett from WordCamp Europe and John Eng from WordCamp Asia. I can guarantee you that you will learn a lot in this one.
3: Hi everyone, and welcome to WooBiz Chat at Do the Woo. I'm Katie Keith, co-founder and CEO at Bantu Plugins, and this is my co-host Marcus Burnett. And we've got an excellent topic for you today.
4: Yeah, thanks, Katie. I'm Marcus Burnett from GoDaddy, and we have a couple of guests joining us today that are experts in sponsorships for WordCamps, which has been historically a little bit of a black box. And we want to get to chat with these folks a little bit and find out what it is that they do and how that all works, and we'll get into it. But let's go ahead and let them introduce themselves. We have Jason Rouette.
1: Welcome. Thanks. So I'm happy to be with you today. That's the first time we meet with John, because we sent us a few emails before about the sponsorships between Europe and Asia, and that's very fine to to connect together.
4: Yep. And as mentioned, we also have John Eng. Welcome to the show, John.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: I'm John. I'm the Director of Sales for HumanMade. We make great websites. And beyond that, we do a lot of stuff in the community. Um, really happy to be on the show.
4: Awesome. And Jason, you are here representing WordCamp Europe sponsorship organizing, correct? And uh, John from WordCamp Asia. So we have... A couple of arguably the largest camps in the world and sponsorship is a huge part of how these camps are able to happen. And so we get a chance to chat with Jason and John a little bit about their experience in getting sponsors to help make these camps happen.
3: Yeah, cool. So we can talk about the whole kind of spectrum of sponsorship because we've got two people uh, from the sponsorship teams and then Marcus and myself have experience of being sponsors. I suppose our goal is to help Woo business owners think about do they want to be sponsors and maybe do they want to consider volunteering uh, for the sponsorship team as well? I'd love to know more about what happens behind the scenes in terms of organising the sponsorship side of things. Because when you apply for sponsorship, you have to go through a certain process. And so you've got to sign paperwork, apply in the first place. How do you, for example, at the beginning, choose who you accept as sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Which of you wants to go? Do
1: the, the, the one with the money. So I can talk about it for Europe. So that was for the joke, but we've got a process for that. The first come, first serve is our rule. So as soon as the call for sponsors is out, everyone is able to uh, fill it and apply for one of the levels of sponsorship we are offering. And as we have some levels with a certain number of seats, We are applying this first come, first save so that there is no political or (laughs) problem at all because, yeah, the first to reply will be the first to be accepted if they are compliant with the trademark and, and so on. Then if we see that one sponsor is not replying, we are warning them or we are trying to understand what is happening on their side. But in the end, if one of the sponsor, at least one of the companies that applied, is not replying anymore, then we will clear the spot for someone else. And we've got a waiting list for the people that are a bit late in the process, for example. That's a simple process.
3: Does that happen at Asia? Because I have sponsored Europe and I've applied to sponsor Asia, but my impression is it's not first come, first serve and that decisions are being made. Is it different?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit different in Asia. Just to be clear, Europe is the mothership of all flagships. We all started learning from Europe. And one of the things that I pretty much care about, and I've been to a lot of camps, is You end up having WordCamp whereby it's predominantly hosting companies, sponsoring. That is not an exciting hallway track for us to be walking through. So one of the things we did was, as much as time is one of the factors when we choose a vendor and whether they could sponsor, it's about the balance of the type of companies. We want to be growing the WordPress ecosystem across product companies, agencies, Related ecosystems like Google and so on, and hosting companies you know, in that kind of setup. So, when we bring those in, there are two layers. I guess the first layer will be like yeah, Word Central, allow them. They've got a bunch of rules, it's got to be if you're selling WordPress products, it's got to be GPL. You can't be just saying you're doing GPL. It's got to be in you know, terms and conditions. It's got to be a new website. We've got to check all those. So, once you've passed through those, that's the second layer for us, which is how are we delivering the event? Is that going to be a proper representation of the WordPress ecosystem? So we try to balance it out as much as possible, even to the point that we don't want all the top tiers to be taken up by hosting companies. We want them to be a fair representative across like all tiers of sponsorship. So we do as best as we can to make it Again, a proper cross-section of the WordPress ecosystem. And we don't always get the possibility of doing that, but we try our best.
1: I think there is a difference between our flagships because in Europe, we've got a history that is way longer. So we've got sponsors since a lot of years that are coming back every year, every edition. So it's a bit different Because we are in this premium seat where people are coming to us. Sponsors are coming to WorldCamp Europe and contacting us. For Asia and maybe for US, but there is no representative today. Maybe it's a bit harder because you have to go to the sponsors and chase them a bit. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe that's... The difference, Yeah, that
4: and that definitely feeds into one of the questions that I had as well. And I guess you alluded to it a tiny bit, but we'll set aside the fact that I've heard that some camps have had a little bit of trouble getting sponsors. And we can talk about that in just a little bit. My question is, how do you approach getting sponsors? It sounds like it's a little bit different for Europe and Asia, because I guess... It sounds like more, more companies are, are returning to Europe that have been sponsors before. But do you just generally put out a call for sponsors and cross your fingers and hope for the best? Or do you proactively reach out to folks that you would like to have as sponsors, folks that you know sponsor other events? How do you think about how you make sure that you fill up your lineup of, of sponsor spots?
0: So uh, we we definitely don't just post a thing and I hope that people will just sign up. It's just not going to work. Given the kind of budget that flagship WorkCams run, we're talking minimum hundreds of thousands, if not into the millions. At least for us, it's a year before WorkCam Asia 2023, which got postponed from 2020 and then all the way to 2023. Uh, We already had maybe half of the sponsors agreeing that they will apply again. And then a few of us who go to flagship work camps or some of the bigger ones to talk to sponsors who might have missed. I was just at WorkCam US talking all the sponsors and and kinda addressing with them how we're gonna change the way that sponsors work in flagship work camps. So it's a long journey, it's a year of work. And by the time I'll say the call for sponsors open, we probably already have ninety percent of the intended amounting. Um, that's not necessarily that we'll pick them, but we're going to go broad spectrum, talk to everyone that we can. Uh, and by then we probably have 90%, like the idea that we will get because of 90% of our budget.
3: Interesting. So let's talk about the impact of sponsorship for the businesses who are becoming the sponsors. So, there's a lot of a feeling that sponsorship is all about giving back to the community, and that's definitely an important part of it. But for small businesses, they do expect there to be a benefit for their business, of course, because they don't have the budgets to just be seen to be basically giving back in that way they want that to be a side effect maybe but they need the ROI as well is anything ever done centrally to try and monitor that I think I remember as a sponsor I filled in a form afterwards for feedback so is any information collected or anything to help people to know what they might get out of it
4: and then to be clear that's important to the large sponsors too not just the small businesses
1: do you say you want to go first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a tricky one. I've been the sponsors team lead for the two last editions of World Camp Europe. First in Porto in 2022, and then in this year in 2023 in Athens. 2022 was like for John, the postponed edition <laughs> for 2020. I felt like how I at that specific edition wasn't important for everyone because it, it was the first big event in the community to be in person again. And it was a show <laughs> for a lot of brands to be there and say, hey, we are still there, we are still vibrant, a vibrant community, so let's have a big party together. And a lot of companies, I'm not naming, but, but a lot of compa- big companies and also the smallest one. We're not very interesting into calculating ARI directly. It was a bit different this year.
3: Interesting. It's like the reunion one, the Porto. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Hey, friends, we are still there. It's nice to see you again. And and it was like a, a specific feeling. This is my experience with the sponsors. But I guess it was the same for all attendees. For example, PhD had a a parade board party that was awesome. Other things were crazy that year. But this year, it was completely different. It was back to business. We had some problems with companies having less marketing budget than before. I think that the party was over and we were back in a standard year, a standard edition. And... We had to chase them a bit more than the year before. My politics for the team was not to get into AI at all. That's not our role to do this. We don't have a data team with statistics and, and things like that. We don't have a lot of things, to be honest. Even this year, we made the decision not to... So not to provide any badge kind scanner of device or anything. It was all all this ROI conversation, which is very important, was in the like the plugin territory. It, it was the sponsor territory, not the, the organizer territory at all. We can provide a few information like how many people we are we think we will have during the camp. We can give you some basic information, like from which countries in the last edition they were from, or which kind of personas they are, like more developers or more entrepreneurs or just regular, I don't know, professionals or even end users. But we don't have more than that, and we don't want to do this at all. We are not a regular trade show it's community i'm saying a lot that we are an event by and for the community first this is not a commercial trade show at all i
0: am i come from a uh, commercial background and before this i spent a lot of time helping big events think about how they're going to sell more to the sponsors are going to get speakers over even had designs around where food traffic was, how you're going to price the sponsor booths higher at a specific area where food traffic is better, how you're going to track this data and so on. Obviously, this is not a WordCamp, but I come from that kind of a space. One of the things that I want to, we've been trying to push with WordCamp Asia is as much as we rely on the graciousness of companies that are thinking, no, we want to give back to the ecosystem. That alone is not going to sustain a flexible camp. And the prices of running one is just rising every single year. So we are thoroughly looking into how we can drive a better sponsorship experience. And it goes beyond a bigger booth. It goes beyond a nicer sponsorship area. It's the entire design around how speakers and attendees, the experience of getting into the sponsorship booth what you're doing, sponsors maybe getting outside of the booth area and engaging the rest. How is that being tied specifically into the talks that's actually going on? And we're not talking about pushing a product. We're talking about organically getting uh, sponsorships, sponsors, the attention they they need. And Even if we don't take all these deliberate methods, right, the data gathering that I'm trying to push, and Jason mentioned the whole batch system, We're, we're trying to hire a proper batch vendor so that we can collect the kind of data to prove to the sponsors, are they getting what their money's worth? And it might be they might not be they might not be that could be the result of that. But we want to give the proper data to our sponsors, so we're working on those aspects. And I, I can going to give a really good example of where it's not just about giving back. So a long time ago, I'm not going to even talk about a vertical where this company is this specific WordPress company. Not the most liked in the WordPress world. Spent many years working with the WordPress community helping work camps, sponsoring the top tiers, now they're liked, they're loved. People trust their brand. That's not just giving back. That is actually getting their reputation fixed. That is actually getting tons of people to subscribe to their services. And that's through work camps. That's, I think, the reality that I understand and I want to be very honest with our sponsors with.
3: Yeah, As a first-time small business sponsor in Athens this year, I found a, I was having... The sponsor team were really supportive with the logistics of the booth and the details of how I would connect my video to the TV, for example, all that stuff. But there was a lot of things that I felt I was having to figure out on my own, such as largely relating to swag, because obviously everybody thinks WordCamp sponsorships. Everyone loves the swag, (laughs) fairly essential. I was like, I've never done this before. I don't know how much to spend, how much to order. I don't want to order extra, but I don't want to run out in the first two hours. So I was doing things like Googling trade shows more generally to see and I found things like you're meant to have a piece of swag for 25% of all attendees, for example, which might be, (laughs) if it's really expensive, fancy swag, you need more. If it's rubbish swag like stickers, you need less, for example. So I was having to reinvent the wheel all by myself, which I felt it would be good to have maybe you could sponsors could say, this is how much swag I bought and this is how much I ended up giving away and then that could be shared and then we're not reinventing the wheel. So after WordCamp Europe, I published a blog post of my own sponsorship story, which I've asked if Bob can put in the show notes, in which I've said how much I spent on swag and how much I actually gave away to help other people learn. But we need more than just my experiences, we need multiple sponsors sharing together.
1: That's interesting. So I feel like I've killed the enthusiasm with what I said before. So we'll jump on that. So, in in all strategy, there is no real SMBs at WorldCom Europe. Even the SMBs are established companies. I don't know for Palm too, but some of the SMBs are big companies in, in into our space. So, most of them, when you became a sponsor at WorldCom Europe, most of the time you sponsored a local WordCamp before. You know how it works. Because WordCamp Europe are a flagship event like that. It's just 10 times a local one. It's the same thing in the the template of the event is the same.
3: Yeah, so I should have worked my way up instead of going (laughs) straight for the biggest
1: one. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, they, they are professional collectors of swags at every event oh. in the world. <laughs> they are just jumping into your booth. They are taking everything, not, not even they are saying, hi, what are you doing? What's your booth about? They are just grabbing things and jumping to the next booth to, to collect something else or to go to, to I don't know, a raffle or whatever. This exists, and maybe we should have some kind of uh, guideline for the sponsors saying, hey, be aware of this or that, because you will lost your swag in one hour if you are putting everything on your booth the first day. (laughs) And then you will be like naked at your booth with no swag (laughs) and no one will come to you to, to say hi because there is nothing on your booth anymore this is something that you will learn on the ground, I think. But that's a bit, yeah, a bit tricky sometimes. (laughs) I don't know.
3: Yeah, like one thing we did to avoid that was that we hid some of our swag behind a paywall, but it was a quiz. Mm. So they had to (laughs) fill in their email address and do a fun WordPress quiz. And then they get our best swags. And we could put in different types of swag based on how quickly we were getting through it. So we were like, oh, we're running out of this. Let's give the rest away if you do the quiz and so on we were able to do that what do you do Marcus at GoDaddy to manage the flow of swag
4: yeah it's a little bit of the same it depends on how many days any given camp is if it's a multiple day camp then yeah we'll set some of it aside for the following day and, and try to engage with as many people as we can to try and not have the The booth collector, the swag collector is just running by and grabbing things. (laughs) Some of it's just positioning too, right? If you have your swag right up front, it's easy for people to just run by and grab it if it's set towards the back of the table or whatever. And they have to engage with you a little bit to see what you have going on there. but. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a game. And, and each of the camps is a little bit different because it's a little bit different of an audience. And just the whole thing is hard trying to pick. Like you said, I did the same thing. You just have to read a bunch to see percentage-wise how much to order. And still, some things are more popular than others and will run out of something immediately and something else will last a, a lot longer. It's really all just a guessing game to some degree.
3: Mm-hmm. I got some great data from one of my colleagues who went to WordCamp Asia in Thailand. And he on the last day, he went around all the booths for me and he asked them what they gave away and how much they had left. And so that really helped as well. We actually got it right amazingly. We got rid of everything at exactly the right time. And I don't know how we did it, but it could go very wrong.
0: I think uh, I've got a slightly different take about this. It's not planning the exact amount of swags and so on. I think the game needs to change so, so just as a basis, One of the things that all the flagship webcams have right now is a shared channel across all of our Slack instances. So we're sharing best practices. We're talking about how we can prevent certain things from happening and and across all flagship webcams, you have the same problem of people doing the whole swag collection and not actually providing valuable conversations between all these parties, right? So one of the things that we're talking about on Camp Asia is advising sponsors to move away from the swag game. And even if you have swag, like what you guys have talked about, it needs to be not just giveaway. You need to be there to have a conversation before they get something. And we're trying to move sponsors outside of just where their booths are. So if they're not just engaging in a booths and giving swag, the engagement becomes different. It's not swag based. It's about having good conversations. Now, I'm going to tell you that I have all the solutions, but my plan is a two to three year plan to change the the interface of this. And across time, we're going to get to a stage whereby we are going to ask the sponsors, "How are you going to um, engage the attendees?" Between the choice of choosing sponsor A or B, it's not going to be about the time spent, the time stamp anymore. It's not about who applied first. It's not about which is a bigger brand. It's going to be, how are you going to engage the attendees? Is, are you just going to give swag or are you going to do something different? So I saw this time at you US a remarkable in how they were addressing attendees as well. And I, I can sense that this is going to keep evolving, at these flexible Camps. Eventually, the idea of like Swag's running out or they're just going for Swag's hopefully dies away as we change the mode of
3: engagement.
1: Yeah, Besides, there is a sustainability topic about it. Giving away thousands of t-shirts every year at every WorldComps in the world is it's huge. <laughs> yeah, and it's not only about sponsors, but also about organizers. How you think about your swag being an organizing team is a challenge. It's a lot of money, a lot of time to design things and think about how to print it or whatever. And also a logistical nightmare to get everything at the WordCamp before it starts. And that's the same at a different scale for each of our sponsors. There are big brands with a logistical team that is doing it for a lot of vivians every year. And then you've got the middle or small businesses that don't know how to do it at all. Uh, because you maybe you, Katie, managed your own swag personally because you don't have someone to do it for you.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
1: And you have to learn in the process. You have to check where to store your swag before the event, what to do with the remaining things after the event. And it costs a lot of time, a lot of money, and that's not effective. At this point, we don't have the capacity in the organizing team to do it for all sponsors. But it could be something to think about in the future, maybe with the community team support, to his things and maybe to provide, I don't know, a global provider for the swags, at least for the most common things, like you don't have to print your T-shirt in 10 different companies in the world. It could be a local one that is selected for the, the WordCamp for the organizers that is also provided to the sponsors, for example. I don't know. At least there is space to think about it.
2: As a builder or an agency managing multiple sites, check out Hostinger.com. Their infrastructure brings your client site speed, uptime, and security. Also at your fingertips, you'll find a powerful suite of tools for security and performance, code and content management. Now add to that the ability to manage your WordPress website through WP CLI for control configuration and plugin updates, enhanced WordPress acceleration powered by Lightspeed Enterprise, control over auto updates, free migrations, and of course the essential staging sites. Through all of their services and features comes e-commerce optimization for your clients who shops. So when you think about it, overall, everything you need to keep your client sites running smooth can be found with their agency hosting at Hostinger.com. In some instances, you want a plugin that brings you several features that you need. Other times you need something simpler you need a plugin that does one thing and does it very, very well. With Jetpack, you have both options. Now you can customize your client's need with your choice of seven individual plugins. Now we are talking backup, CRM, security, performance, video hosting, social sharing, and search. Each one of them doing what it should do with your client site. So I suggest you head over to jetpack.com and get what you need when your client needs it and watch for more individual plugins coming from Jetpack as they are released throughout this year.
4: It's an interesting conversation. We've had some conversations internally too on how we can change the way that we think about the things that we give away and in some instances do. Things that are, you know, more sustainable as well. Cause that's a, a big topic, especially here in the US is the sustainable swag and stuff. Adam Warner from my team was just on with Bob not too long ago and chatted a little bit about that. If people want to hear a little bit more, but my, I, I had a question for John, but I, I think it'll apply to both. John, with WordCamp Asia being newer, do you feel like you have the flexibility to try some new things that haven't been done at some of the other camps? And then I guess. Follow up for Jason, do you feel like you have that flexibility as well, having a more established camp that's been around for a while?
0: I think if we take from the basis of flexible camps, we have a fair bit more flexibility than most local work camps. We are the experimental points of trying things out. Like years ago, you couldn't do ads you didn't really have a marketing budget and so on, whereas now through what flexible camps testing it, local work camps can do so as well. So I think there is a expectation that flexible camps should lead the charge into running events, and the rest of the local work camps will learn and and pick up somewhere. Uh, with WordCamp Asia, I'll say that given our space within Asia where things are a little bit cheaper, it allows us the flexibility to use the budget to do something a little bit more experimental. And whether it's going to be better, I can't quite assure you on that. But yeah, there is that 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 space for us to try, fail, make something better for our sponsors, do something better for our attendees. And, and and my key mantra for the next few ages, Asias, starting from this one, is experiments and feel quickly. And that's actually within the slides of our town hall every month. So yeah, we have that going for us.
1: It's complex to radically change things for WordCamp Europe because it does, it's a thing since so many years that we are used to a certain way of working with our sponsors. The team lead is changing every two years. That's a, a an internal rule we are applying. So I'm not going to be the next uh, sponsor's team lead. So uh, a new one has been selected and will will um, pick his crew and, and, and start something new for 2024. But we are only volunteers. So we don't have time to change everything every year. We are not paid for that. We are not full-time on it. As John, I'm working for a web agency Mm. uh, full-time. I'm uh, responsible for a lot of things uh, day-to-day. So it's on my own time, plus the Five for the Future program. But that's not enough because it's around 10 and 15 hours every week uh, to be a team lead. And to be effective, so you don't have time to change everything for a new edition. But you can make some adjustments um, for the next one by, I don't know, um, improving the, the the plan from the previous team lead and things like that. So that's a bit different. Maybe I would like to start something new, like Asia, and and, I've, but it's also. Complicated because you don't have the, the previous years to help you out with uh, the processes and you have to learn everything again and build everything from the ground. So that's not very easy. I, I think that's two different positions. I don't know. It, it depends also on your team members, Uh Depends on the availabilities to to change things. If they are experienced, like John said before, with sponsorships, uh, or if they have to learn everything because we have to train them from an addition to another because the the team is not the same. I think it's a combination of both,
0: really. So a rotation of team leads, making sure that no one single company is running a flagship webcam or a single bunch of companies is doing so. It's important. But it's also important that we have someone set in, like, this is a strategy for the next few years. Now, obviously, how you do it, it's up to the interpretation of each person takes over. But by and large, the strategy of how you're going to uh, expand webcams, how you're going to run a different flagship, if we trust in the direction, I think eventually when it's Jason that picks it up afterwards or someone else does it, they will follow suit in that strategy. And that thing has to be shared in every single edition of the WordCamp. It needs to be picked up by the global leads when they take over. They have to accept that this is how we're going to push through over the next few years. Like for me at least, like I'm I'm setting up a five-year plan for WordCamp Asia. And that's something I'm also uh, working to discuss with Central and that five-year plan. And obviously, like they can change it afterwards. But we're going to set up a direction. They're going to keep iterating on the plan. It's not a new work camp every single time. It's a iterative experience. Yeah,
1: yeah. It depends a lot on the handover between a team and another, from the previous one to the next, and especially when the team one of the team lead or all of the team leads are changing because then you will lose the most experienced one in your team, or he will or she will go to another team. It depends on the situation. But something that the previous global leads from World Computer up started in Porto was to documentate a lot more processes internally and have a solid Google Drive and infrastructure to hand over to the next, and this was new. I think I'm not in the world computer since long, but when I became a team lead in 2021 for the 2022 edition in Porto, we had to think everything again from scratch because we had no documentation at all, no no processes. We had to learn with. The VPCS, the foundation subsidiary, how to sign a contract, how to make an invoice, things like that. Because when you are handling 65, 66 sponsors, that's not the same as just a bunch, a dozen sponsors in your local one. So you need a process like a regular company is doing. And it's a second job and so now we have a more solid approach to and other things to the next but it's only volunteering so that's cannot force people to document things that's not how it's working so you need to educate them and on why it's important for the future and why they need to do it I, I love the, the fact they brought up this handover issue. we, we we're, we're starting
0: to see that as well. So one of the changes we've done in working we'll major this year is we brought in a operations manager role and she's got two things to do. And number one thing is making sure that all teams are documenting their processes. So this is like possible to hand over to someone else. And then as part of that, making sure that there is a unified way that we're working, there's a unified project management tool and so on. The second thing she's saying is that how are these teams working with each other and just, if there's any gaps that are seen between that. So at the end of this, when we have the 2025 edition, obviously we're now planning for 2024. When we have the 2025 edition, this documents in our Google Drive, good to go. The new team that picks it up, they have a solid piece to start off from. Yeah, and that's again like all these learnings that we discuss on our Slack channel where I consult all the the experts that have been running WCAM Europe, WCAM US and what's the biggest pain points and how can I avoid it kind of emotion?
1: Yeah, what sponsors need to understand or need to know about us uh, organizers is that every WordCamp is organized independently from the others. It's not... Even if we have a global name, WorldCamp, it's not unified at all. For example, on this show, the new sponsors team lead in Asia contacted me during the summer asking me about the sponsors, how we are handling them in Europe, and if we had a database of contacts to chase them after they call for sponsors. And... There are legal involvement like GDPR and things like that, but besides, um, there is no global approach at the moment. Even if it was discussed, I think during the community summit this summer in the US, but there is no cross channel for organizers of flagship events. For example, we don't have, we don't know each other. Yeah, this is something that we are aware of and we want to offer a more unified approach to the sponsors to help them understand why in Europe it's we've got some rules because we've got this history and why in Asia other things are permitted, for example, uh, in the booths or whatever, because we are not managing the f- things in the same way sometimes. For example, in Europe, we've got a logistical company, a contractor helping us with the logistical things, how to build your booth, how to print things on your booth, etc. How to, I don't know, order more tables or more chairs, uh, a couch, or whatever. We are not handling this in the sponsors team. This is a different process and a different team. So there are things that are common to all the work camps, of course. Most of the processes are the same. But we also have some kind of maybe a cultural approach, which is different, or an historical approach that is different because of this or, or that, or because of the people that are managing the sponsors' teams at the moment, I don't know.
3: And it helps explain some differences that I've observed across the different ones. I didn't sponsor wordcamp u s but I wanted to, but it was twice the price and I was really shocked. It was two and a half thousand dollars for Europe for the cheapest one, the small business one, two and a half thousand for Asia, and five thousand minimum for u s That really surprised me because, as you were saying, like the sponsors think of it as Wordcamp, it's one unified thing. But it's not necessarily. But also other differences like the European sponsor booths, I felt looked a lot more professional than the US ones. They were really nicely done with the custom printing on the front and the screen behind each one. Um, and I felt that people were getting better value for kind of half the money. And uh, there were also some talk of hidden costs, which Marcus will know more about than me, that they were charging extra for things like electricity and in Washington, whereas in Europe, everything was included and you got a really great service.
1: This is a new thing, I think, for Europe. Uh, I don't recall for Berlin in 2019, but I know for sure that in Porto, it was decided by the global leads to offer... Everything included in a package, but also included the booth itself, the structure, so that every booth are the same, at least if you are choosing to, to go with that option, which is the standard one. If you choose to go with your own custom-made booth, that's in extra for you, but this, the price is the same. You don't have a, a cut on the sponsorship, You will have to pay it and then you will pay your own logistical booth maker. I don't know how to call it, but so it was an unified design decision to make everything at the same heights and the same sizes. And so that the there is no complaint about this booth being higher than the other and the other being in the shadow of the competitor or something like that. We want to avoid every friction. But this is also because we are working with a very good production company, which allows us to to think about it because they are paid for that and they are full-time on the project. We couldn't do it just by being volunteers. That that That's not possible at all. It's a difficult position to be in because sponsorship is
0: just about getting the money, right? And then making sure the sponsors have a good time. But then you have to think about how you're going to work with the production company. A really good production company that understands the space they're operating in. And we're not just talking about a guy that comes in, but a proper production company that's used that specific space in the past, that knows how to run an event, a tech event especially, would help you avoid a lot of these pitfalls. It's very likely that, like, good discussions, we sign up and so on that event space just decided that oops sorry we didn't tell you about electricity costs but here it is and suddenly the WordCamp team is slapped at that and being non-professionals right we're not going to have a checklist that says watch out for the electricity is it going to be a single point or they're going to give you an extension plug that and all this, right? And then are they going to charge you and meter you? Is it going to be tall enough for you to hang something else yeah. and so on? So, if you have a really good production company, they want your listings and you're able to give a heads up to the sponsors. And it's not even about paying for electricity. Like when we did work in Asia, right? Like the first thing we told them was this you get the space, you get the protection of the floor, everything else. Oh, okay, so we give you electricity, we give you a plug. But everything else you pay for, you build the booth, you bring in the rental pieces, we give you the vendor to talk to, everything else you pay for. And that very clear direction of uh, what we were going to provide and what was not being provided helped them plan. And this is one of the things like learning a little bit from what we've seen across uh, WordCams, That's always going to be difficulties. So one of the things that we're trying to do for this year or next year, sorry, for WorkCam Asia is I've got a three months set up. It's a three-three-three thing. But the first three means we are going to be three months earlier in informing all of our stakeholders, attendees, sponsors, volunteers, all the organizers, anyone that's involved. This is the plan. As we know right now, it might involve. We've got a skeleton design of the schedule. This is how we think we're going to do the sponsor book. This is how far we think it's maximum going to go. We might sell add-ons to say, "Hey, if you buy this add-on, you can get a taller booth if you want to." But it's going to be their choice to pick it up. So all of this, we're going to give them three months earlier so that it's got ample time to decide how they're going to engage in this setup. And for me, while I want to avoid the friction, I want to be able to say, it hey, has some friendly love and community spirit here. I also want to be very clear that in the end, there is some levels of competition running there. And we can make it a healthy one if we give this information up front to everyone. And you choose exactly how much you want to invest in that space. You choose exactly how much you want to spend time in. I think that's the difference of what, you might see if you go to a certain webcam and you are only given three to four weeks of time to know what's going on. If you were given three months before, you'll be able to save a lot of money, you'll be able to come up with great advance, you'll be able to engage people well.
1: Yeah, if you are transparent with your sponsors, there is no way there will be a drama after that or um, it's not easy because a production company work You need a few years to connect well with your production company. For example, production pool working for WCAU is working for us since, I don't know, five, six edition maybe. Mm -hmm. Since Belgrade, I think. And now they are not a provider anymore. They are a partner member of the team. Mm. Uh, they They are not organizers, but they act like it. So when they are saying to us, okay, we've got this problem, how to fix it? This is solution A, solution B. Do you have another solution? And if not, which one do you want to decide on? You need to trust your provider and you need to give them space and give them clear direction of what your event is like. Because now they know how the WordPress community works They know how to act with us, and they know what we need from us from them. Sorry, and and so that's easier. But this is not something that you can just do with a new production pool every year. That's not working. You need to build a relationship with them also. And for the sponsors, that's very interesting because it helps us provide clear information to the sponsors. We said to them, we need a package with everything included. And they said, okay, this is the, all the prices that you need to calculate to give the, the final sponsorship levels prices to the sponsors in your call for sponsor, for example. And this is why all prices goes from 2.5k euros to 80 k's. That's a range. Because you don't have the same. For SMBs, you just have a table with two chairs and a monitor. That's whole, essentially. For the super admins, that's totally different. So that's the top um, uh, level in Europe. And you've got a lot more than just two chairs and a monitor and a table. That's for sure. But you don't have to think about the hidden prices, for example. That's all included. So Then it's a strategy. You can say, okay, if you want, more, I don't know, a mini fridge, if you want a popcorn machine, you will have to pay this price or you will have to contact the vendor and pay them directly. That's okay if it's transparent enough.
4: We've, we've come out of COVID and we've had our celebrations, folks have... Not questioned sponsorship because it made sense to share with everyone that we're still part of the community. That's been the case for a couple of years now. So with that, and I'm not an economist globally, but I know that the U.S. economy, especially in tech, has suffered a little bit in the last year. And so we're facing those challenges as well, along with wrangling production companies, wrangling sponsors and all of that. At the risk of scaring people away, that's a lot to deal with. How could people get involved that are interested in helping you all out whether that's at the flagship level at the local level we've talked mostly flagship because that's the ones that you guys are most involved with but i know that the local camps are having similar similar struggles and having to figure all that stuff out i guess what's the best way for folks that are listening to this and saying i think i can help out here how can they get involved
0: yeah, I, I think it does not differ from anyone deciding how they want to contribute to the WordPress community. You want to help, you come in. And I think if there's anything that could help us the most, and I think this has been brought up across the podcast, right? It's difficult for smaller companies to understand why they need to be sponsoring and the kind of returns they might be getting. So I think anyone that comes from that space and is able to say, I'm going to spend my time engaging the smaller companies and help them realize that this is a good space to actually start your WordPress journey in, I'll love that. If that's anything I want to be getting into my team right now, that's what I want to be focusing on. Because put it this way, the GoDaddies, the Elementors, and all the big sponsors, the Google's, and so on, we just know each other. We send a text and say, yeah, let's get this done. But really, what we want are the, small, the smaller, smaller companies come in. And to the point, I think when we did work in Asia last year, I think Kelly was talking a little bit about the pricing around it being 2K-ish. I can't remember the exact number. But we actually spent most of the money building the booths for them. They were a special category whereby we took the money We use it, most of it, into building the booth for them, whereas the rest of the sponsors had to build their own booths. So these startups, these smaller companies where they're getting a taste, where they find it difficult to actually do more, we want to help more. So anyone that can come to the space and engage these players more, that can tell us who they are, if they just say, hey, I want to join a team, I'd love to talk to them.
1: How to convince them to sponsor or to get engaged. So first. Something to be clear, we don't make any money on you. (laughs) For Europe, for example, we need a 1 million euros budget to, I don't know, to rent the place, to pay the production pool company, to live streaming thing, and so on, to have food. So as soon as you are in the world camp, you don't have to pay for anything. Food is included, beverages are included. Everything is free on the world Camps. So that's a major difference with other events also. You don't have to pay for... just You just have to pay for your transportation and your accommodation, of course. That's on you. But for the rest, as soon as you are in the world Camps, it's free. And everyone gets the same. There is no premium things... Uh, Etc. That's maybe something to say. Then I will say be smarter. If you are a small company, why not having a partnership with the biggest company and going to their booth together to join forces? If you are, I don't know, developing something for WooCommerce, (laughs) just contact them if you know them. And maybe they will have a big booth at the next edition and they you could be on their booth talking with people. I don't know. That's an idea. There are proactive sponsors and there are some that are a bit passive, if, if I may know if I may say. And just think about it. Why spending so much money to go there, having a booth? You could be there and be with another partner and I don't know talk with the sponsors team to have a joint booth together. I don't know that's not something that is happening at the moment, but it could be a thing in the future because of the economic because of yeah, the sustainability that we talk about. Uh, why having so much booth you could join someone else and share the the prices. There there, is, there are a lot of Things to 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 think about. We are offering a, a perimeter for the sponsors to to be at whatcoms, but then into this scope we could think about new things. There are companies merging together that now needs a joint booth, for example, Newfold or others. This is something to talk about, but it has to be at a higher level with the community team sometimes. So it should be a bit anticipated. We cannot do it in the last minute. So there are other things to do, that's for sure. And to lower your marketing uh, budget and and event budget because sending your whole crew to an event is very expensive. And then paying for swags, paying for your booth, paying for other things like that. It's a lot of money in the end. So, yeah, that's the idea is not to oversell things. And we are not a sales team, by the way, but we are a sponsors team. We are there to help. That's the difference with a commercial approach.
3: Yeah, that's really interesting. And I like thinking about the future of sponsorships. There's also been talk of things like maybe community booths. Bob suddenly got one, which was, I think someone didn't get a visa or wasn't able to attend. And so he did a, do the Woo booth, which was really good and had some really great spontaneous interviews, including a Spanish language one. And it's interesting to think about the different direction that sponsorships can go in the future. Yeah, this has been brilliant. And thanks very much. You've been fantastic guests. And it's been- been really interesting to get an insight into what happens in terms of organizing the sponsorship side of things as well as being a sponsor so thank you very much to everybody
1: thanks everyone thank you
2: well was i right this one perspective of sponsoring word camps is one that we don't generally get to hear a lot and jason and john didn't disappoint us I want to thank them both for taking the time to join us today and don't forget our sponsors Hostinger.com and Jetpack.com for their ongoing support of our listening community. So until the next time, keep on building.